when I embrace that being different is actually a positive thing, I'm integrating that energy. I become more whole, which is what healing is about. And so becoming more whole, and I accept that, it means that in my inner world that that's the truth. And so when I look at others, I feel that I'm also more able to accept them and that everything else will be reflected back to me. I, I'm already okay with who I am. So other people, whether they accept or not accept me, it's like I'm already in that vibration of acceptance. And that's why I say the whole world accepts you because all that matters is how you perceive things. Ultimately, you are at the center of it all. Welcome back. I'm Joan Chan, your host of the podcast Find Joy with Joyan. Thank you for coming back every week and staying committed to yourself, showing up for yourself to continue to learn and grow, to create a life with joy, passion, purpose, and success in your own style on your own terms. And today I'm so grateful to be bringing you a beautiful soul and amazing human being. She is a medicine woman, an explorer of life, and a seeker of truth. She helps people find their truth through transformation journeys, sound, and energy healing so that people can connect with their true nature and all of nature. Her mission through her work, connections, and influence is to transform 1 billion people to collectively better the world and live in harmony with nature. After years of working in a demanding corporate job, juggling work, studies, family, and relationship, she often found herself questioning why she was doing what she was doing, wondering if there was even more to all of this, if she was missing some bigger purpose. Unsettled by watching those around her live without flow, struggling to find their balance in happiness and health, she started seeking out answers to the bigger questions in life and her journey has led her to live on three continents, traveling through 65 countries looking for the truth. She has studied and certified in shamanic healing, hypnotherapy, NLP, Reiki, Qigong, and yoga. This journey of seeking truth is what has set her free. She uncovered the truth is about asking the right questions being courageous to authentically own our truth and having the right tools and preparation for our journey. So she is here today to call out all truth seekers to say yes, to take the journey within, to know the real you, moving towards a life of purpose and choosing to live purposefully. So guys, help me welcome the truth teller, the courageous and authentic Katara Sky. Welcome to the show, Kat. I'm so happy that you are here today. Hi, and thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and be on a show that talks about stories, empowerment, and being authentic. Um, I love it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, totally. It's, it's, my, it's my thing, you know. I love to talk about all these things. And I like you know, to invite guests who talk about all these things as well so that we can have, uh, you know, wonderful connection and conversations. So thank you for being here. It's really my honor to have you on my show. And I, I love your stories and what you are doing today, who you are today, and how 
you have been guided to do your work and you know um live your purpose and just help others is really beautiful so the first place that i want to start with you is to you know to let my listeners know more about you like your stories who you are and i'm just curious because when i was doing my research i saw that on your website you actually stated something a sentence uh that says my own path of self-acceptance and authentic expression is becoming Kataraskai. And I'm just curious to know, like, who is Kataraskai and, like, why is your journey of becoming her? So can you first share that with us? Absolutely. And thank you for hearing my story. Well, I was born with another name. My name is actually Kathy. That's my legal name. And yeah, my whole life, I kind of grew up in a very typical Asian family. I was born in Canada. I studied in really studious things, science, business. So myself in my past, I would say, is an accountant. I worked in business and strategy and finance. And I just didn't feel real. You know, I think you use the word authentic. I use the word authentic, real. And thus became the journey of looking for myself. You know, who am I? Who am I? And what am I doing here? And on that path, and of course, all the things that, you know, came, all the stories of, you know, what's happened and, and how it led me to here, a completely different person of I'm not in corporate anymore. I am not in Canada. I've been living away for more than a decade. And I'm now currently working as a healer, as a teacher, sharing my medicine and me in a completely different way. And I guess it was like an initiation into this part of me. You know, that journey of when I really decided to embrace this expression of me instead of just playing around with it. Oh, maybe I like to do it for fun. It was like really the moment that I stepped forward to this new career and this new way of being, of embracing my authentic self. And I decided that that was the moment that I would announce myself to the world as the Qatar sky because I'm no longer who I once was. And even though it's just a name... I guess for me, it symbolizes, you know, not just on the outside and the surface of my name, but inside and emotionally, energetically, it's like placing all my energy behind this new identity, this new path. So becoming Katara Sky is not just a name, but it's everything I do, everything I stand for, and what that real self is here to do, to be on this mission. Like that's who Katara Sky is to me. It's this acknowledgement of this expression of my authentic self. Right, beautiful. So how did you get to that point? Like, because um, I know your stories, you have been in corporate, you were mm. trying to find an answer, like trying to discover who you are. Like, how did you get to that point? Like, what was the, the moment that you finally decide that, you know, okay, I'm going to be <laughs> Kataras guy or I am Kataras. Like, yeah. how does it look like? Can you just... Like bring us back to that moment of what happened. I wish that there was just one moment and then one day I woke up and it was like, here, here you are. But I guess things are never like that, which is why I love to use that analogy that life is a journey, right? It's like we know that maybe we want to climb that big mountain, but we don't even know exactly how to get there, who we're going to meet along the way, who's going to help you and all of that stuff. So I think my moments came a little bit at a time. First and foremost, I would say that it always starts with this little feeling, 
you know, like I know we had a little chat earlier and it was about "Mm, like, how do you make decisions? And for me, it always begins here. It's like a feeling of something not quite right, a feeling of wanting more, a feeling of "Mm, there's, there's something, you know, there's something here that needs to shift. And that to me always signals the beginning of the journey. And so I guess it was like following that, right? Like when you get a feeling, we then make a choice of what do we do with it? And so I probably had a series of those kind of moments. And every time it's making a conscious choice, like, okay, I'm going to go and study this. Okay, I'm going to take a little bit of break from work. Or, okay, this is not quite the, you know, job or relationship for me. It's like getting the feeling, really being in tune with what that possibly means, and then taking some action about it. And then it's like following the breadcrumbs that eventually lead you to bigger and bigger aha moments when finally it was like, okay, you know, I need to like do this for real now. And then the next day it might be, oh, I'm feeling like I should change my name. And then it was like still a couple of weeks, or I would even say it was probably yeah a couple of months before I decided that this was the moment. So it's like a breadcrumbs of the awareness and then the action of actually doing it. Does that make sense? Yeah. It makes sense to me. Um, but I'm sure people will have more questions, but they cannot ask. Anyway, so I have to ask all the questions for them. So what, if you could, you know, um, what was the first thing that you, what was the, like the very first action that you took or, you know, the first step to begin your journey, like searching mm. and explore yourself? Was it moving somewhere else? Was it starting something? Was it talking to someone? Can you remember like what did you do? Yeah, I think there were definitely a very big milestones in the journey. I would say the first milestone was when I decided to leave my home country. So this would have been in 2010 when I said, look, I really need an adventure. So I left Canada and moved to the Middle East. And there I lived for almost a decade. That was the first like real big milestone. And then I think that in that time, I was definitely growing and all these things. But I would actually say the second big milestone only happened in 2017 when I decided to take some time off work. And I actually did a yoga teacher training. So yoga was definitely the first door to exploring myself. And I just said, look, I need to take a month off. I'm going to go in the jungle and go on a teacher training. And it was just a time to connect to myself. So that was like my second milestone. But very quickly, it came into another course, which was a year later. And then maybe a year later, I took a longer sabbatical and then left that job. So it was like, move overseas, do a yoga teacher training. A year later, I think I did a hypnotherapy training, which is still more ways to discover myself. And then a year later, I was leaving my corporate job. So those kind of look like the big milestones of what I actually chose to do to arrive here now in Sydney, Australia, (laughs) on the other side of the world. So um, why? Okay, so you mentioned, so why why do you think it's it's, uh, natural for people to want to, when they want to take a break? they will want to connect with nature. Like, why is that so? Like, okay, if I want to take a break, I just feel overwhelmed. I just want to go for a walk. Like, why connecting to nature is so important mm. for our well-being? I know it's a big part of your work, so I know you would, you would love to talk about this. And as- Yeah, you, you can see me getting excited to, to answer this. I think nature teaches us so much. 
And I use that expression of when we connect to our true nature, aka our authentic self, we connect to nature all around us and everything is expressed in nature. You know, it's like a sense of who we are on the inside is then expressed on the outside or in the real world and in nature. And so when we're really communing with Mother Earth and when we're deep in the elements, it's like we can feel that there's something greater than the little things that we do. There's something greater than us sitting in the cubicles or, you know, doing our nine to fives. You know, it's like really getting an experience of that grandness and greatness of the universe, you know, us having a human experience. And sometimes when we're just like, you know, head into our work and into our daily life, we forget that. I So I guess like nature and really being able to step back and be in something raw, authentic and all around us, I feel like it's such an easy way to connect back to that greatness you know that thing that's bigger than our jobs our names and what we're doing so nature is a wonderful gateway and portal to connect to ourselves yeah i love that because now we are so you are we are basically living in a life of you know we are we are so immersed in 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 social media and you know like technology we just couldn't we take our cell phone out like all the time we just take picture or you know i want to take a selfie of me with the background of, you know, the beach. And they don't really spend the time to connect with nature and being in nature. They just want to take pictures and, you know, post on social media. Just ask yourself, like, why do you want to go there in the first place? Like, what is your intention, right? Do you just want to go there and take picture or do you want to be in nature? Like, you know, (laughs) so that's that's what um, it reminded me. So you talk a lot about authenticity, right? Um, mm-hmm. So what is authenticity for you? And what, what will it look like when we are authentic and when we are not? I think mm-hmm. that's an interesting question. Yeah, it is. And I think it's, you know, authenticity, I'm sure, might mean different things to different people. And I like how you asked it and about, you know, how would we feel? What would it look like? And I resonate with that because it looks different for everyone. So first, firstly, for me, when I'm authentic and being true to myself, I like the word true and truth because you might see me in a certain way. My partner might see me in a certain way. They might all be true, but it might not be the truth. And so when I feel authentic, it means that I know what's true for me how that feels for me is usually expansive. It feels good. It feels joyful. It feels even bliss. It feels right, I want to say. And those might all mean slightly different things. But when I'm authentic in my speech, when I'm authentic in what I'm doing, you know, the friends I'm with, I feel good about myself. I feel grounded and centered. And that to me is always an indicator an indicator of, you know, am I having integrity? Do I say what I mean? And do I mean what I say? Like all of that is part of, you know, authenticity and integrity. Because when I'm not feeling authentic, it's like, no, I don't want to be at this party. And no, what you're saying is is not true for me. And it just, you know, it's like when you meet someone and you kind of contract, or you feel like that internal no in your head of no I don't agree with that (laughs) it doesn't mean we need to agree with everyone or everyone needs to agree with me it's more like I think 
if somebody is, you know, seeing me in a certain way and I don't agree with it, it's like being okay that that's not my truth and being completely okay with who I am. So I think authenticity is also part like part of the journey of being more and more accepting of who we are. You know, the more that we can accept of ourselves, the more bright and the more vibrant that we are. And so therefore that level of joy, that level of bliss is like bigger and bigger. Like that's how you know that you're really being authentic for me. Like I know when I feel that I'm good, you know, this is who I am. This is my truth. Okay, so does it mean that you being your true authentic self, you don't have to care about what other people think of you or what they say? Is Pretty it- much. <laughs> in, in one word, <laughs> yes. I think that, you know, many people struggle with, myself included, I've had a long, you know, three decades worth of fear of being judged of, oh, you know, that opinion doesn't quite fit. I'm definitely the black sheep of my family and probably still am. And I'm not understood all the time. And I think that, yes, being authentic means that I'm okay with you not understanding me. I'm okay that you don't agree with what I say. I'm okay that I'm going to be one out of a hundred, out of a thousand. That's going to be different. And like as I said, I think being able to own our authenticity is a journey because It doesn't just happen overnight. It's not that we're careless and we don't care what people think. It's more being able to say what we mean and always to be in that okayness and acceptance because that actually allows us to accept others. I think that's something else you also mentioned because when you accept yourself and you're okay with it, it also allows the possibility that you're okay with where everyone else is too. You know, if if they don't like your haircut, if they don't agree with your job, if they have no idea what authenticity means, the more that you're okay with it, like you don't need to really care so much of where they are. It's like kind of a mutual acceptance. So that's why we only need to worry about ourselves. At least that's how I see it. Yeah, I totally agree with you because if you cannot, it's like the saying, you know, if you can't love yourself, you can't love others, right? It's, It's the same. Now I want to pull out a quote because you just mentioned that uh, acceptance. So on your website, there's another quote that says, it's like a sentence, not really a quote, but I love it so much. It really, it really touched me, you know. So you said, um, when you accept yourself, the whole world accepts you. Hmm. So I know maybe you kind of explained that just now, but can you like explain that to yeah. us? Like what you mean when you write that, that sentence? Um, yeah, to elaborate on it, I would say, I feel that the outer world, the rest of the world, the outside, you know, everything that's not you, is always a reflection of yourself. That's how I, that's how I live. That's how I I teach. That's how I help people on their healing journey. It's like showing them that the inner world and how healthy it is, how vibrant it is, whatever is going on inside our relationship to everything, to people, to situations, to energies, because I do energy work. It's like everything that is happening inside is actually just reflected back to you. So when we reject parts of ourself, so let me give an example, the part of myself that likes to be, that likes to be different. Okay. There was a part of me. So 
10 years ago, I, I didn't, I didn't like that. I wanted to belong. I want to be like everyone else. You know, I just want to blend in. And obviously growing up in Canada, like I'm already not Caucasian, I'm visible minority, I'm female. So it's like, it's that sense of wanting to belong. So maybe 10 years ago, and I'm simplifying, it's like a rejection of that. But now when I embrace that uniqueness is okay, when I embrace that being different is actually a positive thing, I'm integrating that energy. I become more whole, which is what healing is about. And so becoming more whole and I accept that, it means that in my inner world that that's the truth. And so when I look at others, I feel that I'm also more able to accept them and that everything else will be reflected back to me. I'm already okay with who I am. So other people, whether they accept or not accept me, it's like I'm already in that vibration of acceptance. And that's why I say the whole world accepts you because all that matters is how you perceive things. Ultimately, you are at the center of it all. Does that make sense? Totally. I mean, I love that. I love how you put it together. And um, so you, you mentioned energy healing. So, you know, we, we hear about energy healing a lot. Uh, at least for me, I hear it a lot because I have friends like, who are into healing. But what, what really is healing and why does it help us, like people, you know, to show up more authentically and like confident? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. Healing, I think, I feel, because obviously I've been in, in this world for a bit, sometimes healing is really misunderstood. You know, we might have, like, let's say we have a wound, a physical wound, you know, we get a cut we can see it on our physical body. And so we address it, you know, you put a bandaid on it, maybe you need to put some, I don't know, disinfectant. So that's like addressing the physical body. But still, it takes time for that wound to return to normal, right? But on other layers, which is the more subtle layers, you might have an emotion of pain, you might have an emotion of all, you know, that whole situation made me feel a certain way. And energetically as well. So I think, Healing really addresses, can address, probably should address different layers of the same thing. And to me, it's about making sure that we're actually integrating and addressing all of those things. Like, let's use a more dramatic example. If someone had a car crash, okay, you can heal the broken bones, for example. What about the emotional wounds of how you felt, right? There could be big emotions that you feel in there. What about the mental thoughts, the things that you would think driving is unsafe? I don't want to speed, you know, trusting someone to drive is not safe. Those are mental things. And energetically, it's also how we feel about every time I step into the car, I already feel nervous and anxious. So I'm using a little bit of a dramatic example, but every aspect of any situation is impacting us on all those levels. And so sometimes, you know, we might think, oh, it's just a broken bone. It's just a cut. It is never just those things. And that's why I think for me, the healing of the energetic, the quality of our thoughts, the quality of our emotions and being able to shift them, you know, from pain to pleasure, from pain to joy, from suffering to joy. Like it's like shifting from something which we might not even know what it is to a different state. So healing is really about holistically, for lack of better word and cliche, because it is that. It's addressing all those levels 
And it is part of the authentic self-discovery because all those things are still in the way. If I never get over my fear of getting in the car, like how am I going to be able to get on with life or do the things? It's a simple thing. So can you see how maybe we don't have car accidents, but we have issues with our friends, our families, things that happen to us, a situation at work, we got fired, whatever it is, they all kind of compound into one another. So how can we truly find our way to joy and that vibrancy and that you know bliss that I was talking about if we have all these things in the way? So that's what healing is. It's like really shifting and navigating through all that so we can arrive at that authentic, blissful, happy, joyful state. That's how I see the path to healing and why it's important to the expression. It sounds like we have a lot of things to be healed from, you know, like... (laughs) (laughs) Um, So do you think everyone should... I I shouldn't even use, you know, the word. Yeah. Yeah. Should. (laughs) Do we need to be in healing or in a session to find our true authentic self? Um, Like, how did you... Did you have a healing session? Like, how how was your healing journey look like? Like, what did you do to heal yourself? I'm healing all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um. I personally, personally, I'm I'm always in healing state. You know, like we're always healing. As we said, being out in nature is healing. Taking a bath can be healing. Being around people you love can be healing right? It helps you to nurture and uh, bring some wholeness to that situation. And so what makes it a healing session? Like what's different about it? I would say it's a bit more targeted. It's very targeted, you know, like you can spend a decade healing from your car accident and the trauma. But what if you purposely went to look at it? Okay, you know, I'm feeling the anxiety the caution of if you know going into a car and I and I don't want that anymore. How do I resolve that? So healing, I would say, it can be more acute. You know, it's like really coming together with that intention of shifting something. When you see the patterns that are influencing you, instead of letting time heals all, which sure it does, but you know we've got things to do. <laughs> so what about coming with that purposeful intention of I want to work on this. I am tired of X, Y, Z, and I want more of, you know, A, B, C. That's what like a session can be. But healing, you know, happens when you're in a course, in a program, in a retreat. You know, healing can be just even us being able to talk through things. So that's why I want to also destigmatize what healing means. It really is just a way for us to connect to something in ourselves And all healers are facilitators, okay? This is a personal opinion. I, you know, other healers might say different things. It's like, I'm not brushing a magic wand over you and everything is fixed, you know? Like, you have to do the work. I had to go through all this messy journey and do the work. But the, you know, healer must, may have gone through the same things, you know? We facilitate. And being an energy worker, I'm very tuned into how you're feeling. I'm empathic. I can feel what you feel. You know, I can receive different kinds of information. I teach people how to connect to their intuition so that you can really follow, you know, what what you're supposed to do. Um, So healing is all the time. There's nothing, you know, 
you know, bad about going for healing is so healthy. It's so healthy and nourishing. I have healing every week, at least one. And it's just my own upkeep because I'm doing so much work. So, you know, I need to receive as well. It's like a giving and receiving. Yeah, interesting because when you mentioned like time heals all things, but it doesn't because... No, it doesn't. Like sometimes people still hold on to things that happened 20 years ago. Like, can you imagine childhood trauma? So it doesn't heal like time. I mean... Yeah, he heals some, you know, but it doesn't heal all things and all wounds. So it's really important, I would say, to because I I had my own healing session, but with an energy healer. But it wasn't it wasn't like what you just said, but it was more like so he just did you know like healing on me, like put his hand all over my body. So it was like I didn't, I didn't have to do anything, you know, wasn't what you just said. So to me, I always thought, oh, that's energy healing. It's just how it looks like. You know? No, 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 no. <laughs> it will fix me, will heal me. <laughs> but it didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I love that. Thank you so much for, I mean, like offering your perspective and your experiences as well as a healer. Do you have anything to say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to add, like, I think... There are so many gifted healers out there, so many modalities, so many different things that fall even under the same category of energy healing. And if I had to give a piece of advice to the listeners, it's like, just follow what feels right. You know, sometimes part of the journey is actually experiencing different people, different healings and figuring out for yourself, "Mm, that's not for me, or that's not deep enough, or that doesn't work. I mean, I've had many different energy healers over time. Part of it is because I'm just learning on an inner level and obviously doing some healing. But on another level, it's like, oh, well, I, I don't do it like that. And that's because of blah, blah, blah. You know, like there's so many things that we're actually, we are going to receive. I have no doubt that even in your session when he, you know, fixes you or whatever he claims, you know, you're receiving something. And even if that something is mm, not sure if that really shifted anything, like you, you got something out of it. <laughs> So just try it out. Try out different things. You know, we need to figure out what works for us. Uh, yeah, um, I also tried hypnotherapy. So I don't, it didn't work for me, to be honest. I And I don't know why. So, you know, so like, okay, so it was like a few years ago and I was like feeling depressed and I was at like lost. So I thought, you know, I need to fix myself, you know. <laughs> so I just like tried energy healing and hypnotherapy, but it doesn't like nothing worked. Hmm. Why? That's a good question. Well, I'm a hypnotherapist as well. (laughs) You know, and and I went to study that because it was about studying how the mind works. And I mean, this is 100% my lived experience and just my own opinion. So um, I'm sure other energy healers and hypnotherapists will say whatever is their truth. I think that when we follow script, When we follow a healing modality and you just do it because the theory says do it like this, Um, you know, uh, sometimes it just isn't, isn't deep enough or isn't quite getting to what that person is experiencing because one size never fits all. One size never fits all. So what I loved about my teachings in hypnotherapy was understanding how the mind works, but I never follow a script. I never follow a script because for sure, I'm going to get the client, okay, that's not, that's going to go off script. And then then what do you do? So that's why it's about understanding how things work, to be able to then be able to address it when it comes up. It's not just programming positive affirmations into your mind. 
it's going into the subconscious and seeing what is the pattern, why the depression is there and where it is, and then being able to shift it, which coming back to energy work and in particular, my shamanic work, and I know this could be a whole other podcast on shamanism, but just very briefly, when we do shamanic healing, it's like we're connecting to source, we connect to everything. And so I would be able to look at the energy and track it to the point of, oh, I see. I see with my inner sight and my intuition and, and all that of where that energy was first created. And because that energy comes from a specific moment time, it creates a certain kind of thought pattern, which could result in, you know, how you feel in, in depression. It creates a certain feeling in the body. You know, everything is, is responding in the body. So you really need to get to the root of it. So healing is many layers. You know, sometimes you brush off the superficial layers, the easier things to deal with. If your wound is bleeding, you put a Band-Aid on it first. Then you need to address a layer deeper. We don't want the scars. And I guess everything can be looked at in that way too. You know, you address what's there, but sometimes when it's really a deep thing, you can't see it. So you need to like find a way to get deeper. Does that make sense? Yeah. And since you mentioned shamanism, I I have no idea what that was. Like I uh anyway, so uh but I because I talked to another podcast guest in the very beginning of uh launching my podcast and she's another shamanic uh mm-hmm. she, she studied about shamanism and she asked me to listen to one yep. meditation which is that shamanic drumming and I listen to it. I love it you know I never experienced something like that before and now I still do it like once in a while I do meditation I meditate every day but I try different type of meditation like according to like yes. what, what I ask myself like what do I need today then listen to my body and I do the I will just meditate and like okay so you studied shamanism like you have you know um mm-hmm. uh, your hypnotherapist like certificate you also studied qigong and yoga and so many things right different modalities that you mentioned like energy healing are they all are they not supposed to be the same like you know because ultimately it all comes down to yeah. connecting to to the source right mm-hmm. uh what is the root cause right so like what are some of the differences between all these modalities that you you already mastered yeah well i don't think i've mastered them okay just for clarity <laughs> um i think that they're all tools in the toolbox so it's you know i think some people come and they say okay i just want him to therapy cool you know we'll we'll do that because that's something specific and that's their intention but generally i just open and i say we have a one-to-one session and so whatever comes will come so if you come with me with the intention of hmm you know where should i move for example i'm, I'm looking for for a place so literally, we would open the session, we connect to infinite intelligence, you know, whoever is there to help us that love us unconditionally, and we just feel into the energy. Sometimes I might ask you to move and use your body in a certain way. Qigong is just an expression and a form of embodying energy. And sometimes it's in animal forms. Sometimes it's moving qi and working on specific things, but it is a way of connecting, connecting to our body and the energy that's there. Sometimes I use sound. So you mentioned shamanic drums. I use drums. I use um, chimes. I use my voice. I sing a lot in my session because sound is vibration and it moves things in you. Sometimes it might be, all right, I want you to repeat certain things. We use words because our mind speaks in a language that uses words. So all of these are just ways 
to have the client, to have the person and myself when I'm doing it for myself in a way to connect with myself, you know, hearing what is not always being said, seeing what is not in front of you. It's like that inner connection. So when we ask the questions of, you know, should I do this? Is this on the path of my authentic self? Should I do this? You know, like when we communicate, we can actually have this two-way communication. And all of these are just tools to, for me in a healing session, for you, you know, when I'm, when I'm sharing the teachings on how to do it, it's just a way that you can have this communication so that you know what to do. So you trust the information coming for you. So you know how to work on the things that you're working on so you can be more confident and expressing your authentic self. There are all tools to connect to here. But connecting to here, we also have to do something, right? We can't just, you know, sit in bliss and head into the sky and in the clouds. Like we actually have to do something. So it's like feeling the information and then we need to do the step of, of actually going and doing something about it. Thank you so much for sharing that. And do you think we as women, we have our own challenges, you know, as compared to men, um, when it comes to healing ourselves? Do you think there are some challenges that we women, we, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Women. Like women-specific issues. <laughs> 100%, okay? Like we do not have it easy. But that being said, I really feel that the feminine energy, okay, so I'm not talking about feminism, but if all energy was, you know, yin and yang, like we're just talking about black and white, there's always going to be masculine energy and feminine energy. I really believe that right now in the world, you know, this really strong feminine energy is rising. And, you know, f women are generally, let's call it generally, more connected to that intuition and that part of ourselves. We're more connected to nature anyway. So I feel like, you know, there's a lot more women doing the work. And in a way, it's, you know, not that we're leading, okay? We're not leading the way, but I just feel like, you know, we, we do. We have to anchor it in, you know, even the whole of earth. You know, Mother Earth is a feminine energy. We say Mother Earth, Father Sky, but you need both. And I think as women, we do have our challenges. You know, we're standing up to a very patriarchal society in general. Um, as a, you know, sister who's also Asian, I'm sure you might feel like, you know, the women and men in our cultures have different energies. And so it's not that it's bad or it's good. It's just energies that need to be in harmony with one another. And I think that the feminine energy has just, it's had it tough. Okay. Like it's had it tough not just in our cultures, but like for all of history, even look at that word history. It's his story, not her story. And there's a reason for that. Okay. But we're not, <laughs> we won't go into it, but I think we've, we've just really had a lot to endure. And so our rising and our expression of all that it means to be feminine, all that it means to be a woman and be in our power, it is hard, but it's like, when we're in that power, it is so powerful. And I'm not going to say more powerful than men, but yeah, like we are, okay? <laughs> a good man, he always needs a powerful woman behind him. <laughs> I don't want to like talk in cliche, but you know, these are again, my own opinions that we have our unique challenges in so many aspects in our culture and our society and the expectations of home life and career. Like there's so many programs and things that have been ongoing and, and so long, you know? So when we do that work for ourselves, our inner work, our own path, it's like our individual stories, 
but also like a bigger collective energy that's happening. It's the story of our culture, the story of our society. So we have a lot more to unplug from, in a way. It sounds like a lot of work to do. I mean, <laughs> I have to hear my ancestors, you know, all my own. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, a lot of women today, they also started to adopt, like, masculine energy and personalities, you know, like, right now we are, more women are getting into business, we are starting business, we are taking on more leadership role. Do you think, uh, because I, I always find, you know, the this conversation about feminine energy and masculine energy very interesting because personally, I am, mm. my leading energy is masculine energy. So I know I'm talking about. And so to me, it's always, I'm always having a hard time connecting to my, like, you know, plucking in my, you know, like my feminine energy. Mm. Um, do you have any advice for masculine leading women? Like, like how do they yeah. overcome some of their challenges that, we, we are facing yeah that's a really good point and something that I also you know experience as, as well so when I used to cor- when I used to work in corporate I would say that I was very much leading with masculine energy right it doesn't mean that we're dressing in a masculine way or anything but you know when I walk in and it's a boardroom of 20 men I have to also like hold my you know strength so it was very much being in the masculine energy but when I look at my work now and your work, and I think many of the women who are your listeners, it's not that we need to shun the masculine energy. You need that. You need that in order to organize your podcasts, you know, plan the day. How do I execute running my business? What are the things I need? And that is potentially a more masculine side of, let's say, running business. Okay, we need to be able to do those things. I need to do some marketing. I need to advertise. I need to put this up there. You know, like those are all the even the thing of doing, like to me, that's a very masculine energy. But how you decide when you do those things and how you decide what things to do can be, can be more feminine. So let me give you an example. Even as I was choosing, you know, okay, so how should I market myself? You know, I didn't use my mind logic, which is masculine and decide, all right, I'm going to do 10 podcasts and, you know, five Instagram reels and whatever paid advertising. It's a very, this is like very structured, you know, methodical way. I was just like, you know, I'm just going to go on Facebook and I'm going to see, you know, what's out there. I'm feeling like I would, you know, maybe find a group there. And I think that having good conversation is a way to do the marketing. Um, that's an example of like, not just using the mind, but like feeling into what feels right. Another example is I might plan my day and have 10 things I want to do. And back in the day, I would say, okay, I will not finish my day until all of them were complete. And I have exactly one hour for that 15 minute to eat lunch, another hour for this. And my days were just jam packed, super productive, but no room for error, no room for like relaxing or any of that. Whereas if you take my day now, it's the whole day is for creative work. And I don't know if that means I'm working on my website. I don't know if that means that I'm podcasting today. I don't know if that means I'm going to tinker around on Instagram because I suck at it and it's going to take one hour to make a reel. You know, like it's that unknowing of allowing creative energy to move. And that is a very feminine way of there are things to do, but I'm less rigid about how I'm going to do them and being okay to embrace that 
And so it's like really needing to have the creativity that comes from the feminine and to honor, okay, you know, creativity is not going to happen if I'm sitting in front of a computer. I need to take half a day and go sit with nature. And then I need to come back and execute. So that's how I kind of see the balance between the feminine and the masculine when we do things like bringing a business to life and needing to, you know, inspire people, get stuff, you know, going and doing. So it's like the balance of both of them. And it's an ongoing thing. It's it's not like you're in one or the other. It's like you're always flowing between the two and it's being able to hear what needs to be done. Do I need to be rigid or do I need to be more flexible? I love that. That is so helpful. You know, I'm <laughs> that. Thank you so much. Um, now it leads me to the next question, which is how do we listen? You know, how do we... Um, you know, because I I know you 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 teach people how to connect to their you know how to hone in on their intuition more you know like listen to your heart like okay we know we have to listen to our heart but like how you know I, I just don't hear anything. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we all start like that. We're like, what? What does that actually mean? <laughs> and if I turned my camera around, you would see a hundred books behind me that said you know intuition one hundred and one and how to listen and follow the heart. Everyone is going to share their pearls of wisdom, you know, how to do it. And I've got a a freebie training, which I hope, you know, everyone uh, clicks on in, in my Instagram, which we'll share later. But it's first being aware that it is so natural in us. The ability to be able to connect is actually so natural in us. It's so, for example, have you ever felt that you've had a gut feeling or a hunch about something. I think these words are more common. So have you ever felt that before? Yeah, million times in my life. Million times, you have. So think about intuition is exactly those feelings, but it would be even more powerful if we can have two-way conversation. Instead of waiting for the gut feeling or the hunch, I'm asking, I'm asking the universe, the source, whatever you want to call it, hey, should I make this business decision? Hey, should I go on a podcast? Hey, you know, it's like initiating the conversation in order to get the information. And so if you were to have a conversation with anyone, you and me talking right now, we need to have a common language. And our language right now, at least is is English. And so that language of intuition is actually the first step. Most of us are not yet aware of how the intuition actually is communicating with us. So that's like first step, first step. And, you know, without going into the whole training right now, the language is like what you see when you close your eyes. Some people have that. What you hear that's not actually there. What you feel in the body. Sometimes it's like a knowing Like, I just know that I have to go to that place. You know, I knew that I had to do that. You know, you've heard some people say it like that. So all of us are gifted in the different ways that intuition speaks to us. And and we have different, you know, levels of of that gift. So for example, like, I don't hear anything, okay? Uh, That's not true. But my, my guides don't really talk to me. But I know. It's like they come to me in a sense of like, full awareness and knowing of, I know I have to go to that place. For example, I know I have to go to Australia. It comes in a knowing. And so it's like being aware of the senses and then learning how to practice using them so that eventually we learn to trust them. Okay. 
Now I have another question. <laughs> um, yeah. What if you know we are not that gifted like like you? You know we don't communicate with angels or spirits. Like how do we, how do we communicate with them? Then like I I spend years trying to meditate. You know, like just want to see lights. You know, because that's what everyone else is is. Mm-hmm. Because I remember going to like attending group meditation and then the sure, sure. meditation session. Like she asked us to like share our experiences. So like people say, oh, I see lights, you know, I see, yeah. I was like, I'm not seeing anything. Am I doing it wrong or what? You know? mm-hmm. I'm yeah. like, trying so hard to, to want to communicate, to want to connect to the spiritual world, but I just couldn't. I know it was me, my, my problem. Anyway, so like <laughs> we do that, but, like since you just talk about that. I think everyone has the gift. Okay. So let's just be clear. Everybody is born with this gift. It is our level of awareness of it and how we can expand the gifts. Okay, so for example, if people see lights and you don't, it is okay. Not everybody sees things. I, I don't necessarily see things. And I know that in my training and as I compare myself to my other sisters and brothers who do the same work, there is always the part of me that is judging myself. I don't see, therefore I'm not good enough. I don't see so that, you know, I'm, I must not be like them. Um, so that's actually not true at all. It's important that we realize that we have different gifts and that we just need to have a facilitator, have someone to show you, you know, how to actually access them. That's what I would actually say. So we all have that gift. All right. Thank you. Okay. I have another, I have one last question before we move on to the next section. Um, so you mentioned that uh, how do we connect to our intuition more is to ask questions, right? Just because it's a two-way communication. Um so when we ask a question, how do we know? How do we identify? How do we recognize that that answer is coming from our heart? More, more our mind is trying to think logically, like, okay, what this is what I need to do next? How do we different, differentiate that? Very good question. And I will start the answer by saying, it's not that we ignore the mind. We actually need to be fully in harmony with the mind and the heart as well. So how do you recognize that it is in harmony or coming from the, the, the right place? It's kind of similar to my answer of how do I know I'm being authentic? So when I feel that it's, it's a, a vibrant feeling or it feels like expansive or feels, yeah, not coming from a thought, I think if you, you know, we think 60,000 thoughts in a day and 80% of them are the same every day, but you're probably aware of like how you think, the kind of thoughts that are in your mind all the time. So very often when we're asking information for something that we, you know, haven't really looked into yet, we might be surprised that the information that comes in doesn't sound at all like your thoughts. It doesn't sound at all like your thoughts. It might actually be like, oh, I've never considered that. It's it's literally like if you wanted to have a conversation with it, it wouldn't sound like your thoughts. And that's how I actually know that, okay, I couldn't possibly be making that up. Like I couldn't even make this shit up if I tried. (laughs) You know, it's like I would actually catch myself using words that I don't use. 
So I think it's, it's, it's probably going to be something that's different for everyone. And that's why the practice part is really important. And, you know, if we work together and I start getting a sense of knowing which gifts come through the strongest for you, then I would know that, okay, this is how we develop that and which ones not to focus on until you master one and then you move on to the next one. So we need to learn how to trust the senses that come through the strongest for us first. And then we move, you know, on to others. So, yeah, like maybe for, for you, if, if it is about asking whether it's your mind or not, we don't focus on words. We don't focus on, you know, what we're thinking. I would focus more on other signs, how the body feels, you know, what does the heart feel, where you feel it. Like I would focus on other things that are happening in the body outside of just what's in your mind. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Because as a masculine, you know, uh, energy woman, I tend to be in my mind more. Than- yeah, that's normal. Yeah. I think this is like the majority of people are in their minds. Yes. We develop the mind. We go to school. We're intellectual. We're like learning all the time. So it's really normal. So most of the time, it's like actually just telling the mind to sit down, you know, and saying, thanks for helping me during the day. But now I'm going to tune into my heart. So it's really normal. Yeah, it's so beautiful, which is why meditation is so important. Like, because it's how you calm your mind and quiet your mind and just sit with your heart, right? Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for your time. And I'm so grateful that you are here today. Um, before we end, I mean, do you have anything that you want to share? And I didn't let you. <laughs> no, I think we've had a really lovely conversation and really my joy and purpose is really helping people to find their authenticity as well and what it means help you see the things that you can't see yet teach people how to do that so just encouraging everyone to be curious like I always started with curiosity just looking into things because that's where the journey begins with curiosity so I invite all the listeners to be curious if anything was interesting and you want to know more I would love to share more Otherwise, um, I would love to invite your listeners to also follow me on Instagram. I am Katara Sky. And if you look for my links there, there's a freebie training on all this intuition stuff that we just talked about. So that's there in the links. And just offering your listeners also a little bit of a promo, 20% off any session or any package. It's always going to be related to expressing the real you, intuition, and finding more of yourself. And so just DM me on Instagram of I want the truth. Let me know that you've listened to this podcast and I'd be delighted to be part of your journey. I love that. Thank you so much for sending that offer, special offer to my listeners. Um, and I love that I want the truth. Like, yes, yes I want the truth. <laughs> uh, before we end, we still have one more quick session, which is our final five rapid fire questions. So these are the five questions that I ask all my guests. Uh, all my guests at the end of the show. Okay. So every question has to be answered in one word or one sentence, maximum. Ooh, tough. Okay. <laughs> I feel like you will, be, you will be so good at this. Um. So are you ready for the first question? Yes. Great. The first question is, what is one thing you wish you knew earlier? I wish I knew how to access my intuition earlier. <laughs> uh, I love that. Second question. If you could live your life all over again, what would you do differently? Nothing. That was quick. I love that. Yeah, that's 100%. 
Wow, you wouldn't change anything, nothing at all. No, because then I wouldn't be exactly where I am. Yeah, true. Love that. Okay, the third question. What is something you're trying to learn or curious about right now? <laughs> Remote viewing. <laughs> Should I explain what that is? Is it like property, like houses? No, it's it's um all right, in a very short way, it's when you astral project yourself to be able to visit a place and see it without being there. <laughs> well, suddenly, no, I was. <laughs> so it's, oh, wow, okay, that's cool. Are you learning that? Oh, I am um, doing that. I am not, I do it in a way, but not exactly that way. Like, I have not learned it. It's been on my radar for a couple of years. It's very related to my work, but not. So I'm not yet able to do that, but I do very similar things. But it is an interesting topic. Yeah, I'm just curious, like, what is the purpose of that? Like, so what if you got yourself to another place, but you are not physically there? Like, what is the purpose of that? Well, for example, if we wanted to, I don't know, if I wanted to remote view... Right now, I want to see you know, how my parents are doing. They're in Canada. I can't reach them. I want to just see how everything is at home. And I don't know if remote viewing, I can literally see where they are, but I would be able to see the environment. Is everything okay? You know, everything's intact. Like it's just being able to physically, not physically, uh, astrally somewhere, be somewhere else and see what's going on. So there are many purposes of this. You can even say there are nefarious reasons like people could spy and that's a thing as well. So this is not a technique that's unknown. I think governments actually know about it as well. But for my purposes, it is always for healing and therapeutic reasons. I'm not spying on anyone. I just want to change. It's just another way to get information, another technique. It was freaking real. I mean, when you mentioned that, the spying and all, it's, I, I just freaked out. <laughs> anyway, um... The next question is, if you have five minutes and the whole world was listening to you, what would you say? That everyone should have the courage to be who they are and that that expression will be exactly what's needed in the world. I think we all have our place. I would do a whole speech about owning our place in that big master plan of the universe. Oh, it's so beautiful. I wish I had... The whole world listening to this podcast, but we'll get that. All right, we'll get that. The last question is, what brings you joy? Oh, I think my work brings me joy because it doesn't feel like work. Connecting with people. Okay, let's, it comes down to connecting with people. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's all about human connection, right? I mean, we are all here together. We are all living on this earth like for a limited amount of time. We are here for each other. Um, thank you so much for taking the time out and sharing with us so beautifully today. So I know you mentioned about your website and your offer and Instagram. Like, so is that how people get to know you? Like, where is the best place to find you? Like, is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? Or is it to your website? Please find me on my website. It's kataraskai.com. All my offers and everything will be there. And I try to be more present on Instagram, but definitely you can find me there as well. I am kataraskai. And those are the two best ways to find me. And I really look forward to connecting with your audience and more of the world so that we can all be more authentic. Yeah, actually, I think you're quite active on Instagram. I've been seeing you doing live and there was a moment when I clicked on your live and you were just singing and I was like, oh my God, so beautiful. But I couldn't stay for longer because I had some work to do. Um, 
Alright guys, I hope you love this episode. Go follow Kat, go to her website, you know, watch her video, connect with her and check out all the amazing things that she's doing. And if you are not following me, follow me at join.chan. And if you haven't subscribed yet, hit the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. And I will always leave you the same way as I leave you with every other episode. Show up. The world needs you and you need you. Thanks for listening and I wish you all a joyful and amazing day ahead. Hey guys, I hope you love this episode. If you love this episode, take a screenshot of this and share it on your IG stories and tell me what is your biggest takeaway. Remember to tag me at findjoywithjoyan underscore podcast so that we can connect with you. And if you would like to support me personally and support my mission, then please help us rate and review the podcast at Apple Podcasts. I read all of them. And until next time, my friend, show up. The world needs you and you need you. You need the best version of yourself every single day. So always strive to be the best you can be in this present moment. Again, thanks for listening and I will soon be back with another guest in the next episode.